0: We're recording for real. We're
1: up, we're running. We're up, we're up, we're running. All right, what are going to be our topics of discussion? I'm I'm writing some down right now. All
0: right. We need to get to know Mike T. All right. The real Mike T. What were
1: we just talking about before we just started?
0: Bizarre supplements. No, before we're...
1: that. Like, literally, we were just talking about it. I forget already. I'm too young to be forgetting things.
0: Uh. <laughs> oh, the third podcast. You were going to delete the other no, two. No. We were talking hilarious. about that.
1: We're talking about wild supplements we've taken. We were literally like two seconds ago, literally right before you pressed the record button we were talking about. It doesn't
0: matter. All right. Start with wild supplements you've taken. Okay. You currently said before we hooked up that you've stopped taking everything.
1: Yeah. So I go through like uh, ebbs and flows where like I take a bunch of stuff and then I stop taking things. Because... Where
0: is the source of finding the supplements? Where do you
1: – where does your oh, – what's the go-to place you, you find out about YouTube it? for sure. There's YouTube? Yeah. There's this guy – uh more plates, more dates, shout out to him. He, uh, <laughs> he, um, he does like cycles of steroids and then he talks about how effective the cycles were. And he talks about like tertosterone, necadestrone, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Right. And he talks about like all kinds of other wild things. He doesn't talk about supplements. He talks more about like uh, PEDs. So,
0: so you're, wait a second. I said, what's the basis of finding your supplements? And you say it's a steroid guy.
1: Yeah, so that makes me a little nervous. Yeah, so no, it's like uh, well, you're in a profession where you need to know about steroids and like those people are taking steroids and know about like what whether they're gonna help or not or like anything like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean the guy only talks about there's this supplement called Ecadestrin. We'll just talk about it right now. Ecadestrin. Ecadestrin. Don't ask me to spell it. It's like E C Y D E. Uh, Stron, so S T R. Is your
0: pronunciation are correct, or are we guessing? No, yeah, my my
1: <laughs> pronunciation is correct. There's another supplement called tertosterone, which is like the simple sister supplement to echodestrin. So they're like the same thing. All right, uh, so what is it? So it's supposed to be. It's called a phytosteroid. All right, so it's the actual. It's like the the human equivalent of a steroid for a plant. So it's like.
0: I'm trying to process that. The human equivalent of a steroid for a plant.
1: Correct. So like men produce testosterone. right? And so you could take testosterone supplements or whatever else, and that's like a PED, like a a steroid or whatever else. So it's almost like the plant equivalent. It is not a human equivalent.
0: Does the plant produce it naturally?
1: Yes. Gotcha. And so they've actually done research studies, the ecodestrian companies, oddly enough. (laughs) Uh, They did these studies where it's actually found in like like all plant substances, like more or less, but they said you can eat two pounds of spinach a day to equal about one capsule. Right. And they actually right. recommend that you take two capsules of this. Uh, so you could eat like up to four pounds of spinach a day and get the same effect. So nice. it's kind of like a Popeye, That's the Popeye that, effect, that old man. wise tale. Uh, so it's the
0: Popeye effect.
1: Yeah. I took it for a little while. I didn't notice anything. So what's, I stopped taking it. What's, cause I don't what's a little money.
0: while. What's what's, I
1: didn't take it long enough, like two, three weeks. Okay. Uh, So, I don't know. I feel like it could have taken a little bit longer. This this guy, more plates, more dates, swears by it. He uses uh, – what was that? Is that your phone? That's your phone. Oh. Yeah.
0: Uh, right? I don't even know my ringer's on. Okay. I know
1: I uh, it. So, yeah, this guy talks oh. about testosterone a lot, which is like the sister supplement to ecodestrin.
0: Sister as in how? I mean, okay, so
1: – So, ecodestrin We got is, that.
0: That's the – the steroid so, for a plant. So
1: so ecadestrin is actually the the supplement ecadestrin is nothing but echodestrin. Like that's the actual pure. Chem, chemical right. It's if pure. If you take
0: it in a capsule form you're getting straight ecadestrin.
1: Right. That's the actual chemical gotcha. that you're taking. And turkicosterone is like echadestrom mixed with something else, and I don't know what that som- something else is. But I don't. I, I think it's like a naturally occurring substance as well. Right. I think they probably put like cinnamon in there or something to like help it. <laughs> you think I'm joking? But they probably put like cinnamon in there to like help it absorb into bloodstream yeah, or something uh, no, no, else or definitely. like. Yeah, so I don't know what else.
0: I mean, a lot of the plant-based stuff does do that, right? We right. do. Uh, we use Earth Fed Muscle in the gym here a lot, and they use a lot of like plant-based stuff for the coloring and the flavor. Like, yeah, but it also
1: has added benefits. Like, I know for a fact. Um, I believe it's the BCAAs have uh, beet powder in it. Yep. And they use it for coloring, but beet powder also is a vasodilator, so it actually dilates your blood yeah. vessels a little bit and allows blood to get flowing and and your workouts to be better. That's and, and one stuff of the
0: like things that. I. Uh, personally look for these days you know when you always used to shop supplements and stuff back in the day there was no beat option for coloring you know what i mean it was color number 87 or whatever and that kind of was always like even if the supplement was somewhat healthy you always had that dye in there so now to have like a a natural source to get red coloring and some flavor. That's that's pretty cool. Beets, I, I look for beet a lot, personally.
1: So somebody, a local nutritionist, a local registered dietitian actually told me that, uh, uh, I think it was like... Food color red number like forty yeah. is actually related to uh, cancer causing. Well, yeah, I mean they've so- been saying that about like Mountain <laughs> Dew and
0: that yellow and green they've used forever.
1: Right, these artificial colors even are are, are causing some issues in the future that people didn't even realize uh, was was happening. So.
0: All right, so that's that's the current two that you've uh, dabbled in. But let's go back. I'm looking around the shop or your office, and I see the ashwagandha. That was your go-to supplement for. Good amount of time, so that one, that's one you've probably said you have taken for a good amount of time, and could yeah, I could speak on the results or whatever on that. I,
1: I probably took ashwagandha for two months, and I, I would actually recommend ashwagandha to anybody. Like I don't know if maybe it's placebo or whatever else, but I'm a big believer. in if a placebo works, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you sure, use it?
0: right? There's nothing wrong with placebo effect.
1: Right. Yeah. So I don't know whether it was placebo or it was actually working. I don't really know. But ashwagandha, I actually felt like it, I got the benefits from it. Um, so they talk about KSM-66. Real quick, though, let yes. me.
0: You say for everybody, we mean everybody. You're talking male, female, younger, older. Is there anything like, you what? know what I mean? Ashwagandha, you say is pretty.
1: So ashwagandha,
0: athletes, non-athletes,
1: I think everybody could benefit from it for what I'm going to talk about. So KSM 66 specifically is probably tailored towards athletes a little bit more because it's supposed to help you like build muscle a little bit easier. It's supposed to help you, your, your metabolic system and your conditioning system. So your lungs and your heart and all those other systems. Um, but the KSM 66 is supposed to help that. But ashwagandha in general is actually supposed to be stress relief. So it's a little bit like... uh uh you could compare it to like cbd sure. or other things like that like it's actually supposed to have that benefit as well so i don't see why like students couldn't benefit from that and i'm talking like younger kids like high schoolers
0: i feel like it's one of those ones that's probably been around forever and it's just like maybe the new natural craze or not craze but yeah. the idea of moving more towards natural supplements it's maybe come to the forefront a bit more
1: yeah, yeah. so i i research everything i take it's not like i'm just like yeah. oh this looks that's, good and take it important. off the gnc yeah, shelf sure. so that actually talked about ashwagandha being around for like a thousand years right. in like india right and and just now they're starting to like mass produce it and and put it in capsules and sell it to americans
0: well we've seen it with like uh like immune supplements so like during COVID and stuff like that last year you saw a lot of uh elderberry and echinacea and turmeric yeah. and that's and stuff all that's been around forever for, since the beginning of time you right. know what i mean and ancient people have used that for healing way prior to advil and aspirin you know what i mean right so Okay, I mean, I dig that, so let me ask you this, do you feel like it as an athlete as a, a gym person that has taken it, not taken it, do you feel like it affects your performance in the gym at all?
1: Yeah, it's funny, I do. I feel like it helps out a lot, right and again, I don't know if it's a placebo like if right. I'm like, oh I'm you know spending money on this, like it's helping, you know what I mean, but the most of the time I feel benefits from these supplements not while I'm taking them, but when I stop taking them I notice like why is my workout suffering sure. a little bit? Why am I not lifting as heavy as I used to be able to? Like, why are these things happening? And I start to ask questions like that. And I'm like, they. I, I start to connect the dots. And I'm like, what's the oh, piece that's missing? Now? Right. I'm, I'm not taking any of these supplements anymore. And, and so it kind of, it. I connect the dots and I notice a, a change, especially with a few other supplements as well. As
0: in maybe that endurance portion of things, are you not kind of burning out as fast or? Yeah.
1: So... So it's supposed to help all those things, but why is it helping? That's a really important question. Why is it helping our conditioning? Why is it helping us get stronger? Why is it helping doing X, Y, and Z, right? And I think a big part of Ashwagandha specifically is it's helping your recovery. And I think that's super important. And people don't tend to ask the question why. They're like, oh, it's supposed to be like a steroid. It's supposed to help your muscles right. recover. But why is it helping you recover, right? Like what piece of it is actually helping? And you would
0: think, as something like we said has been around for so long, you would think that would have been studied more in a fitness right. format.
1: Right. Yeah. I think it's less like it's, it's like physically putting muscles on you or anything like that. I think it's more like you're sleeping better at night. So guess what? You're recovering better and it's easier for your body to uh, metabolize muscle. And you know what I mean? You're you're recovering better.
0: The ideal way to recover is to sleep more, to sleep better, to sleep deeper. so,
1: So let's go a step further. The ideal way to get stronger and to get better in the gym is to recover better. Right, and then the best way to recover better is to you know take x, y, and Z, sleep a certain amount, eat the right amount of food, all that other stuff,
0: especially in the style of uh workout that you do here at uh, DSAG, it's gonna be more high in, high intensity for the most part, even right. when you're you know uh doing maybe more reps or you know whatever the the general workout here will be high intensity so right. the recovery is probably right
1: the most important so those are probably the two most bizarre supplements I've taken, yeah.
0: and then The first one, bizarre, (laughs) echodestrin bizarre. Okay. Ashwagandha. I don't know. There's still something about that 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 seems legit.
1: So, so we talk about that, but there's actually, if you look at on the back of supplements, there's like ashwagandha listed in like a lot of, um, right, a lot of recovery supplements, a lot of uh, like not CBD oils, but like um, like some some supplements people take to relax. Um, like some nighttime supplements, people actually, they will actually have ashwagandha in the supplement itself. So it's not like this, it, I'm just taking a pure form of it rather than taking it mixed in with something else. A lot of teas have ashwagandha in them too. Yeah. A lot of like sleep teas and stuff like that. They have ashwagandha in them.
0: I believe so. that. And then the other uh, sleep one you like is ZMA. We just talked about that recently. Yeah. That's, that's one that's been around for a while in the weightlifting or whatever community, bodybuilding, powerlifting, CrossFit community. You use that one regularly, right?
1: Yeah, so I actually use ZMA pretty much year round. Right. Um, And
0: is that something you do cycle on and off of, or do you just kind of let it rock? You take it when you remember, you don't when you don't.
1: Well, well, I take it when I remember. And ZMA is cool because it doesn't have any buildup. Like you don't need to build it up in your system or anything like that. You'll you'll reap the benefits of it like day one.
0: Zinc, magnesium, and
1: B six. And we actually we had this discussion. We actually talked about how one of the side effects is diarrhea. <laughs> uh, but that's a side effect of too much magnesium. So pretty much what I said was if you're having that side effect, just take a little bit less. Right so um and zinc zinc's, magne- all,
0: zinc's all a good zinc's really good for you too right well I zinc
1: get- magnesium and b6 vitamin b6 are pretty much in like if you take a if you take a, a multivitamin you're getting all three Your of those
0: general GNC men or women's multivitamin yeah, you're're you're,
1: you're whatever the the equate uh, Walmart brand multivitamin that you're taking has it you know like you look at any multivitamin and, and they all have all three of those listed you know they're just not that uh in that form and they're not in that quantity, All right? right? So, so you're getting a little bit more and you're getting those three things specifically.
0: So we're talking about supplements in general. Let's talk let's let's make the the idea a bit more vague too. In the sense of how much do you feel that supplements actually play into somebody's overall fitness profile, workout style? You know what I mean? There's going to be protein that kind of stuff that's obviously necessary that you can get from natural foods and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking as far as supplementation exclusively to the general person's full workout profile. How do you feel like that applies? How much percentage? Is that a 50-50 thing food to supplement or is it, you know, 80% food and these supplements will kind of make up the difference?
1: So I think the answer is like literally in the name. What is is it called? It's called and a it's supplement. Touche. I, I, right? I dig so, that, so,
0: that. Well, that's, see what I'm saying? That you present that out loud. That's a, very, that's a very good way to approach that. And you know, sometimes saying that out loud makes people, oh, yeah, it is a supplement to. Right.
1: You're right. So it's supposed to supplement what you're lacking. Right. Right. Now, if you're not lacking anything, if you get great sleep at night, you get seven to eight hours of really restful, deep sleep. You don't need to take ZMA, sure. right? If you eat all your vegetables, you eat your three servings of vegetables a day, guess what? You don't need to take a multivitamin, right? right. If you get enough protein in your, in your meals and you're eating enough meat and you can digest it really well, guess what? You don't need to take away protein. But I don't know about you. I don't do either, any of those. Right, like I don't sleep well. Yeah. I don't eat uh, like I don't eat enough protein during the day. Uh, you know, like creatine things like that. I just don't. I don't get enough of it naturally because either I'm lazy or for whatever lo- other reason, So I supplement
0: it. Right. So there's a good one for you that you like to bring up a lot and one uh, we use regularly. The idea of uh, creatine. Mm-hmm. Do you? I mean, that's one that would probably fall into that gray area of can you really achieve a natural enough of that in a daily diet to kind of give you, I don't know, that growth spurt that you're looking for in the gym. Yeah.
1: So creatine's a unique one. It's, it's found number one, we produce it naturally. Right. And number two, it's found a lot in red meat and people like to stay away from red meat for whatever reason, sure. right? Whatever. Can, yeah, yeah. Right. You can make up whatever reason you want. Um, but uh, so if we don't eat a lot of red meat, and I, I'm not a big fan of red meat. I don't eat a lot of steak or beef or anything like that. Cause I don't, I don't enjoy it to be honest with you. Like okay. I, I like yeah, to yeah. eat chicken and That's turkey and right. and, yeah. and eggs and stuff like that. I just don't eat a lot of red meat. Like I do it, but not a lot. So I could benefit from a creatine supplement a lot for that reason. But even that being said, I think you can benefit from taking too much creatine, if that makes sense. I'm not saying like OD on it, but I'm saying like you're you're going to benefit you're going to reap the benefits of of taking more not necessarily
0: less i always uh i like to refer to you personally on the uh, on the creatine front because you have researched in the modern era like i grew up and came up lifting weights when creatine was this this thing that everybody talked about right, it was about. like a steroid it it came off like a steroid it right. very much creatine was put into this weird kind of category and you went over it the other day. We were talking, uh, and you went over the different kinds of creatines and stuff like that. And I was like, I remember just getting it in a white jar that said creatine. And you had to load a cycle, and then it was a whole thing. And 50 different people told you 50 different things. Yeah. So you feel like the modern-day research has kind of proven the fact that creatine is a sustainable useful supplement that that you can rely on and it's not something that you could be
1: scared of per se right yeah so off topic here for a second creatine was probably on the water watch list at one point or another probably all right so Echadestrin's also on the water watch list right <laughs> now you know works, right, right? <laughs> yeah that's how you know it works all right so back to the creatine so it was probably on the water watch list at one point or another right they're just they're seeing like if uh well again creatine is is Naturally occurring, so I don't even know how they would test for it or test to see if you have too much or anything like that. But it's one of the most researched supplements. I think came out around the '70s or '80s. Um, Not 100% on that, but. What ended up happening was they researched it, and everybody thought it was bad for your kidneys. Everybody thought right. you know X, Y, and Z. Yeah, it was
0: a big one. You always had to drink a gallon of water a day right. if you were taking creatine.
1: Yeah, now you should still drink. Right. You should still drink a gallon of water right, a day, right? right? But yeah. even that being said, is is probably an exaggeration. But creatine is is like super researched. And they talk about like. The way that uh it actually binds with these phosphate molecules in your muscles and does all kinds of other stuff it can actually help one of our energy systems, which is oddly enough called our, our creatine phosphate system um, oddly right uh, but so having these extra creatine molecules inside of our muscles actually like scientifically helps us you know produce more power and be able to recover faster from from these max efforts and be able to do them again, That's literally yeah, you what know what we're looking for right. right. Yeah, and that's how we get stronger. So, so we we produce these max effort over and over and over again, and then we recover from it, and then we get stronger. So,
0: there you go. Bizarre supplements.
1: Yeah, creatine's not on there. Not not super bizarre, but not it's bizarre. yeah. So, if there's three supplements I could recommend to anybody. All right,
0: let's go. All right, top three supplements by Mike T. At Delaware,
1: well, so just, th- well, this uh, was found on the internet, like literally. Everybody recommends these three supplements, top, not just so not just me, right? Set like, it out with
0: a huge top three, and then <laughs> he got it off the internet.
1: Yeah, listen, everybody, right? Like it, it, again, it's not like I'm just like oh making this up, right? This has been around for for years. Everybody's going to recommend these it's three 2021.
0: supplements. 2021 one. We've been lifting weights since the beginning of time. Of right. course, all of this has to be right.
1: Yeah. So so whey protein. This, yes. Whey protein number one. Right, whey now,
0: protein. Real quick, let's let's offshoot there for the sake of talking. But you got whey. You've got your favorite, which is casein.
1: Casein. Yeah. That's
0: the nighttime go to bed long breakdown. You've uh-huh. got different versions of whey, right? Anything else? You got the isolates. You got all that kind of yeah, stuff.
1: Yeah. I, I I don't know. I think that's all kind of uh, um, semantics. Kind of, yeah. Like it's not a huge deal which one you're taking. Now there is a big difference between the actual whey protein and the casein, just because of the the time it takes it to break down.
0: And you're a big fan of that, right? You're a big proponent of that. Do you take that? The uh, casein? casein? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I take casein pretty much every night. Yeah. Um, and the reason I do that is because it gives my body protein during the night. So we're actually going through muscle protein synthesis where we're actually recovering and building That's muscle. I
0: say, which ultimately goes back to the moral of the story, which is kind of – Reco- ra- recovery at the end of the day it's funny we always come back we talk about high intensity we go so hard one rep max is and then at the end of the day the period to always the sentence is recovery right Right. the downtime is really the most important
1: yeah yeah so we don't get stronger from hitting a new pr right? right we hit a new pr great but we get stronger from all the work we did behind the scenes and recovering up to that that one rep max yeah right we don't get stronger from doing that one rep max it's just it's a it's showing our, our, you know, our efforts. So we're going to go over three
0: ascent. We're going to go over three of your top or three of the top, uh, supplements. And they're all probably going to ultimately round back to a recovery kind of thing. All right. So we got whey protein. We got our proteins in general. What's the number two
1: creatine
0: creatine what for you-
1: the reasons we talked about, right? It's going to help you recover in between efforts so we can put more work in and we can work harder right we can break the muscles down more and then recover okay from
0: it. so hit the side note to creatine that we didn't really talk about is a personal question that I'll ask you out loud is what is your uh, timing on creatine I like for example today uh-huh. I had it in my pre-workout is, because of the conversation we had and the, over the weekend I was thinking maybe is it a more pre-workout type thing where you want that in the muscle before you're getting moving or is it something that should be after
1: or yeah. So let me answer your question. with a question. Let me, let me answer your question with a question. Sure. If I put something into my body, right. Is it going to be able to be broken down and be put into my, my bloodstream within 30 minutes?
0: Right. So that's, that's, I'm not a scientist, but so I'm going to guess no.
1: Right. It's going to take an hour, maybe two hours, three hours, however okay. long it takes. I have no idea. Sure. Right. But it's not going to take a half hour or an hour for our workout. Right. Right. So in the grand scheme of things, if it's most convenient for you to take it during your, your intro workout shake, because that's when you can remember to do it, great. Let's continue to do that.
0: You think it's a more in-the-body type thing as opposed to a, a time-specific? Yeah. Like a, like a caffeine burst or a beta alanine that right. everybody's hype on now. Like that, that That is a guaranteed pre-workout type situation. You don't find creatine in that same...
1: No. Yeah, so I, why well, I used to take creatine every single morning because that's when it was most convenient for me. Sure. I would take... Uh, <laughs> I would take like eight capsules because that's how much I needed, but I would I would take it every single morning with my multivitamin, and I would throw it all in my my, my mouth and I would <laughs> swig it all down right because that's when it was most convenient for me. But really, it needs to be in the muscle cells for us to reap the benefits of it. So it doesn't even matter if it's in our belly and our gut and in our intestines or anything like that. It needs to be absorbed and distributed well, into our muscles. Well, that kind our, of goes back muscles. to
0: that original. Way back 90s, early 2000s approach to creatine, which you had to load cycle, right? So that's kind yeah. of what you're saying is get it into the body, into the muscle, stored up, ready for when it's needed.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. And they actually still recommend loading for monohydrate Okay. Um, for, because we actually want to flush the muscles with it. Like get the muscles real full, real fast. And then after that, we do a, uh, we'll called a supplemental right. dose, right? So if we, let's say it's got to reach 10, right? doesn't really matter, but it reaches 10. How do we keep it at 10? Do right. we keep taking a, a crap ton of it or do we just take a, a supplemental dose to re- replenish what's been lost?
0: Right. Balance. I mean, right. I mean, I think that's, that, that's a, that's a thing, a point that we didn't really talk about this in general with supplementation is that it ultimately should be a balance. You shouldn't be Relying or pushing anything beyond what is recommended, of course. Right. Yeah, you know I mean. Yeah, I don't know about that either. Uh, see, <laughs> I, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I said, you're probably the good, you're the go-to guy for supplements because you, you, you take a supplement, you take it to the max, and you know what I mean. <laughs>
1: Yeah, some, some things you're like, uh, there's been so much research on creatine where you're like, yeah, take as much as you want. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. You know what I mean? Like, my recommendation is you got to take with a grain of salt. Like,
0: uh, That's always I'm good gonna, on the
1: pre-workout jug. It's
0: like, you know, take one scoop to assess your tolerance oh and then possibly God. take two. It's like everybody goes right to two. Everybody takes one and then two.
1: Yeah, yeah listen, it's like uh, I'm not a doctor, right? Like I, I can't tell you exactly how much to take. Like I, I have life experiences, and I can give you my life experiences, that's, and that's where I can stop, and right? And in
0: the gym, a lot of times that life experience is the most valuable thing. All right. All right, so we got proteins, we got creatine, and number
1: three is? ZMA. ZMA. For sleep and recovery. So this question, when we were having this discussion, we were in a group of people, this question came up, and I'm glad it did. The person said, I only get like four or five hours of sleep a night. Right. And I don't think that...
0: Which is probably common.
1: Really. Right. Yeah. I only get four or five hours of sleep for lots of different reasons, But uh, I don't think that a sleep supplement will help me. Right? And that's more or less how the question was posed.
0: As in like a melatonin or yeah. something in that vein.
1: Yeah. Pretty much like a... Ambient, while, like, the, yeah. the, the,
0: drugger, the druggy kind right. of option. Yeah.
1: I only get four or five hours of sleep. Is this supplement really going to help me? Like, am I going to be groggy in the morning? Like, is it even worth taking, well, that's even the, worth spending my sure, money on?
0: That's That's the kind of downside to any of the other types of sleep supplements is a groggier thing. Right. And I remember him asking that.
1: Right. Yeah, and my answer was and then these aren't just things I've made up. These are things that they've researched on it. Uh my answer was yeah, absolutely it's worth taking. ZMA specifically is worth taking. So, it, number one, it doesn't help put you to sleep, right? right. So, you got to think about that. Right. If you have trouble going to sleep, it's not going to help you, all right? What it does is it helps it puts you in that uh deep restful recovery sleep yep. for longer. All right? And then the third thing, if you wake up during the night, you'll you will have an easier time going back to sleep. So especially taking supplements, I'll I'll throw a bunch in my mouth and drink water obviously afterwards. Right. right. I have to get up in the middle of the night to pee because I just drank 16 ounces of water right before I went to bed, but I don't have an issue going to the bathroom and then going right back to sleep literally five minutes later with, with the ZMA. Right. So going back to, um, going back to having an easier time, like going into that uh, deep restful sleep, it will put you in that deep, restful sleep for longer.
0: So, you're basically talking about optimizing the sleep period, which is what you got to the point right. with, with yeah. that person that, that you're saying. If you're going to fall asleep, if you only have five hours of sleep, you want to optimize it and get three good hours as opposed to one good
1: hour. Yeah, I've had eight hours of sleep where I've gotten one deep hour of sleep right. and I felt like crap in the morning. I'm like, well, I slept for eight hours. Why am I not? Like, why do I feel groggy? Why am I not awake? Why do I not feel recovered? Like, I'm still tired after eight hours of sleep. But you can take
0: your ZMA, get a g- six hours. You slept for a solid four, but you feel way more recovered. Right,
1: exactly, right? So we're, we're taking advantage of that really restful, deep sleep. And then the other thing was grogginess in the morning. You don't have any grogginess in the morning. Like, I've taken it, and you actually you probably feel better taking it because well, I mean, you got that deep, restful yeah. sleep, right? As opposed to eight hours of crappy sleep, you got four or five hours of really deep, restful sleep. Right. And, I, and like I said, like I've had nights where, you know, I've slept seven, eight hours, but I've only gotten two hours of deep restful sleep and I wake up feeling like crap. And I've gotten nights where I can only get four hours of sleep, but I get three, four hours of really deep restful sleep and I feel great. Anymore.
0: Yeah. And again, we'll, we'll, we'll come back and apply that to the kind of workouts that you're doing, which are, again, that high intensity thing where we'll go back to the period of that sentence, which is recovery is so important. Right. And if you can add. That hour or two hours to the recovery process, it, it pays off huge at the end of the day. You know what I mean? It's not like it's, – it's a small portion of it. An hour or two of sleep, I think most people could attest to, would be like that difference between waking up fresh or waking up groggy. Supplement or no
1: supplement, right? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I know a lot of people that, that come into the gym and they mope around. They're just tired and yawning, and, and their workouts are kind of – they're just – they're going through the motion. You know what I mean? Like they're not even there to, to, you know, push themselves or do anything else like that. And in the grand scheme of things, to be honest with you, this is a, a really hard uh, thing to tell people, but I wouldn't come to the gym if you're not prepared to put hundred percent effort forward. Right. So again, that's really, yeah, that's really hard to tell people. What I would do is uh, I say, don't come to the gym. I would still come to the gym, but I would choose something different to do. I would maybe do like a recovery row or recovery bike and I would ride it for like 30 to 40 to 50 minutes of just slow, steady training. So we get the heart rate up, right? Not real high, but we get it up high enough. We're breathing a little heavy. We're getting a little sweat going right. and that's going to be the best thing for you to do, especially if you didn't have a great night's sleep, right? Or if you're not ready to put a hundred percent. And, you're, and
0: again, you're, you're we're talking in a vague instance. We're talking maybe even like a, we'll say like a, an athletic person, an athlete, even if they went too hard the day before or three or four days before and they didn't get that recovery time, you would even recommend for them to come in and say, Hey, give your body that that rest.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about like professional athletes. Right. Right? Like they're they're in the ideal recovery situation. Again, full circle recovery. Sure. They get eight hours of sleep plus. They they have, you know, a perfect diet. And they have
0: every bizarre. We talk about bizarre things. Every recovery method ever
1: invented. Yeah, they're they're doing. They're taking ice baths. baths. They're they're doing saunas. They're doing massages every single day because they can. They're
0: getting somebody to literally break down that
1: muscle tissue. Yeah, they they got chiropractic. They got you know physicians taking care of them. If we look at LeBron James, for instance, right? Right. I know he's not popular right now, but you know we take somebody like him. I well, I would be curious to see what his schedule looks like. I guarantee you, he's doing some sort of maybe two or three some like recovery, you know, modalities every single day.
0: You know, and that's uh, I think we're kind of going a little bit off topic here, but we we hit our points right. Your your three big supplements, but I think the the idea of looking at a top the top of the mountaintop, I, i.e., a professional athlete like a LeBron James or whoever, a Tom Brady per se, right? Michael Phelps, people that are pushing their bodies to the max. It's okay to look at that and say, "Man, he's eating ten thousand calories a day," and then try to put it relative to your situation. Do you do you find that true? I mean, is is that an extreme thing to like look at a professional athlete and say I, I should? you know, strive to live like that or is it
1: just it's not attainable? So strive to live like that. Yes. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> right? you know I mean, again, I'm, we're, unless we're unless out, you got uh, millions of dollars. Uh, no.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I hear you. I don't know. It's just, can you afford to get a massage no. every single day? Can you, can you, you know, no.
0: but you, but you should use that kind of idea and say, okay, I, LeBron James probably getting a massage every day. When that thought hits your process, does that tell you, or hits your mind? Does that say to me, man, I should probably get the foam roller out and hit, this, hit these lats today because they're feeling tight, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: so uh, you know, are you going to do that between work and uh, trying to prepare dinner? And then, <laughs> hey, you know what I mean?
0: if, if mobility is your focus, is it, is it bizarre to do that? Is it, is it as bizarre to take ashwagandha or a ZMA to go to sleep because that's your sticking point? Right. Or, if, or if your lats are just bothering you and it's tightening everything in your back up, and you have the ability to foam roll for five minutes between dinner, is that crazy?
1: Yeah, I like to just ignore my problems until they go <laughs> away. So I'm um, uh no, absolutely not. I wish more people had that attitude and more people like follow through with it like that. But most people are like, Oh, I'm really busy and I got this to do and X, Y, and Z, yeah, and right. I gotta take care of the kids and I'm just like, Listen, that's fine, if you don't want to get better that's fine i like uh, I'm here to help you if you want to take my advice, take it if you don't that's fine too. You know what I mean but you know like uh i
0: don't know if we're talking too long, but the idea of uh, what I wanted to talk to kind of transition to this thing that I wanted to talk to you about today uh, was exactly that. Um, we have a lot of people in our gym here that have vocally brought up the idea of a functional fitness and that longevity type fitness and that type stuff that is more important to them. than we'll we'll say, I don't want to say getting better because we obviously staying fit and keeping your heart healthy and keeping your joints healthy is getting better. But I'm talking about that massive PR, like,
1: you know what I mean? Is no, I have no idea what you mean. What are you saying? (laughs) I don't know. We're getting off
0: track. We've are you,
1: are you talking about like uh, you, you like functional fitness is more important than than the trying to beat your old PR and... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so that
0: that all comes back to the recovery thing of taking a rest a day, of doing things and thinking about our fitness fully. That 5 minutes to re- to roll your lat out between the, you know, between making dinner and putting the kids to bed could that be your getting better for the day? You know what I mean? When you walk into the gym the next day, I'm like, man, I feel like I could do a few extra pull-ups today because I took that five minutes to roll out. Meaning putting your fitness mentality that a superstar or a mega athlete, I I can never attain that lifestyle because I don't have the genes, you know what I mean? (laughs) The physical ability, obviously all those things, but is it different to take that approach and put a positive spin on it to into your functional fitness journey to say, I may not be able to achieve all those things, but with that simple five minutes here and there, it could make a big difference. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, like uh, definitely, like I, I wish people would work more on mobility. They don't, they don't understand that mobility can help so many other things, right? So if you struggle with a back squat, like even, even if you feel like you're weak in a back squat, it might be because you can't hit a certain position very well. Sure. Like you're not comfortable in that position. right? Right? Like if you have trouble getting to depth, your body doesn't want to be there, right? Like it's natural instinct is to not reach that point and to be really uncomfortable when you do get in that point because it doesn't want to be there. So if we work on mobility a little bit, we work on recovery a little bit, maybe our body's more comfortable in this really deep squat and we can hit this position easier. Our body's more comfortable. So none of the joints are breaking down. We're not making like errors, right? Physical errors. And so we can actually get stronger just from doing mobility. And we can
0: get stronger. We can, I mean, what, what we're trying, what I'm trying to get at to say per se is like that functional fitness mindset of I can't do what a professional athlete does does not, should not mean you don't want to get under a bar and try a back squat because that movement is associated with people that are a higher level athlete. Anybody can get under the bar and attempt a back squat. You can get under a PVC pipe and attempt a back squat, and it's going to kind of point out those things you were just talking about. So you're recommending, hopefully, that everybody, anybody, come and just put that, you know, no weight, air squat, to see what your sticking points are as far as something to get better with.
1: Yeah, so I can go on a rant on this. Like, uh, you know, I'm sure, like, if people have had knee injuries or knee replacements or whatever else, X, Y, and Z. This is the joke in the functional fitness community. They tell you not to squat anymore, right? Especially if, you, if you've squatted before, like if you have experience squatting, doctors will say, hey, let's lay off the squatting a little bit. Right. And The joke is like, how are you supposed to use the toilet? You know what I mean? Like, how are you supposed to sit on the toilet and and? Poop? But that's, you know, you know that's, that's
0: right? it's a joke, but that is, that is exactly what we're talking about. You know, you say functional fitness joke because that's what it is. A functional fitness... Is your daily life and sometimes right. it's those movements you take for granted i.e. sitting on the toilet that could be that factor where you think if you're fitness conscious like you want to say you are to keep your chest up you know what i mean to send your butt back yeah. all those so, normal things
1: so let's take that a step further right let's say a time and a place does come when you need a knee re- replacement do you think somebody that's decrepit and, and old and doesn't take care of their body doesn't squat at all any day? Do you think they're going to have an easier time recovering than somebody that squats every right. single day, somebody that takes care of themselves, somebody that does mobility, does all these other things for recovery? Which one's going to have an easier well, time?
0: When you're saying mobility, you can you said the words, we can get stronger from mobility, and that is exactly the point, right? Mobility is strengthening where that muscle, all the tissue, the tendons, the ligaments, the joints. That mobility, yeah, it's exactly right. You know what I mean? especially for people that maybe were even athletes before that are now dealing with hip replacements and knee replacements, maybe from bad form of the past, that it's okay to now focus on the modern approaches, which is a lot of mobility. All
1: right. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, like I said, I can go on a rant on this, <laughs> but like, I'm a big believer in you want to push your fitness as far and as hard as you can now. So that way, when the time and the place does come, when you're sick or you're injured or anything else, you're going to have an easier time recovering from it because you have this this buffer of fitness, I like to call it, yeah. protecting you. Yep. Right. If we don't have that buffer of fitness, guess what? We get hurt or we get injured or, you know, we, we hurt our shoulders or we get sick. You know, you get COVID. You're going to have an easier time. Your body's going to have an easier time dealing with this sickness or this decrepitude right. or this injury because you're more fit, because you can... Because you can back squat, you know a certain amount of weight. Well, weighting.
0: yeah. When you, if you, if you apply your fitness and that kind of thing to anything you do in life, like if you're a logical thinker or you're a logical approach is sometimes when uh, you know a tough situation like physically happens, a lot of times we, we arm ourselves with something. If you're going to play football, you put pads on. If you even if you're going to be a race car driver, you're going to wear this heat suit and a helmet. And neck protection, right? You're going to do all these things to buffer you from if that bad thing does happen. Why, why wouldn't you put that same thought process, process into your body? Like, let's prep our body for if that thing does happen. And right. it couldn't be, it doesn't have to be a catastrophe. Right. It could be you at home, you know, Trimming your bushes and you turn the wrong way and you pull your shoulder.
1: So, so I'll stop you right there. You know what the number one cause of shoulder injuries is specifically a supraspinatus tear. So a, a uh uh, a, rota- a rotator cuff tear. Oh. You know what the number one cause of this is? I don't know. I just slipping and falling on ice and catching yourself on your arm. Yeah. That's the number one cause of a rotator cuff tear. And people every day do this, right? Wintertime especially, they're slipping and falling, catching themselves on their arm. Sure. And they're, they're tearing a rotator cuff, right? Now, don't get me wrong. You can definitely do it in the gym trying to do a snatch or whatever else. XYZ. You can do it on a bench press. You can do it anytime. You can right? do it
0: in a tether run.
1: But who's going to have an easier time? <laughs> a tether run, Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to have an easier time recovering from that if they do bench press, if they do bench deadlift, rest, if, they, if do, they do burpees. You right. know what I
0: mean? Something as simple as a body weight movement of if you're doing burpees with enough intensity and you're going down to the ground, your wrists and your forearms are in that kind of shape, right? right. that slip and fall type motion. If you've prepped them for that, right. You're, right, you're less likely to have that catastrophic injury.
1: So what's that called? It's called a, uh, something of a specificity. It's okay. a really fancy word, but that's what we're training for is specificity, right? Okay. So if we want to have an easier time landing on our arm because we slip and fall on ice, guess what we need to do? Burpees, right? Slip you just fall said on ice. it. Yeah, uh, we we need to do burpees or we need to do single arm planks. Our shoulders, you know, yes. our arms, our chest, our, our forearms, our wrists, just like you said, are literally prepared for that because we've trained our body to prepare itself for that, right? I know it sounds kind of crazy, but like, Our body is smart and our nervous system is smart. Way smart. Right. So when we prepare for something like that, right, even though we're not necessarily preparing for it, our body can handle it, right? If I slip and fell right now, I think I could catch myself on my arm and be fine because I do so many burpees and because I do, you know, planks on my hands and and all that other stuff. So uh, training for specificity specifically is is kind of important, right? Especially in sport and all that other stuff. And that's really more what it's tailored to. But as far as functional fitness... Like that stuff's important, you know. The stuff we don't even think about, you know. It could be everyday things that we're we're training for unintentionally.
0: Yeah, and we keep coming back to that that term of functional fitness. Like we have two, we have two main themes of what we started with. Even all the stuff that we talked about supplements, different kind of workouts, different focuses. You've got two main themes here that I think we can almost wrap up on, which is the term functional fitness and the term recovery. It's like. Functional fitness kind of has this very vague kind of connotation to it where it, I guess in the sports world, you would consider it more CrossFit because CrossFit does have things that you just don't, that aren't considered typical in a power lifting or a, a, you know, gold gym type scenario. But what maybe you're, you're kind of insinuating is here is I, or I, I'm picking up in what your gym focuses on specifically is that idea of functional fitness lumping in all of those core weightlifting movements to make you a more functional person, right. whether it is hitting that PR back squat or using the back squat to point out some mobility weaknesses or using that back squat, you know what I mean, to get your knees, you know, just that blood pumping and things like that. And I think, is that true? I mean, is that yeah. is that your focus here at Delaware Strength and Conditioning? Like DSAC is like, as a coach, as the guy who's running this ship, and when you program, can you safely say because we're not CrossFit that functional fitness is lumping in all the cores, core ideas of weightlifting, endurance, and putting it all in one package so that people can be essentially quote functionally fit? Right.
1: Yeah. There's there's two different camps. There's the people that want to be really, really, really healthy and athletic, right, and then there's the people that want to work out and sweat and do all that other stuff, which is fine. Right. But believe it or not, the people that just want to work out and sweat, they're going to have a harder time recovering from things than like an athlete would. Right. You think? Yeah. Because of the reasons that we just talked about. Right. right. So they might have a harder time recovering from workouts because they're pushing their bodies so hard and they're doing it every single day because they're stubborn and they don't want to take a break. Right. But at the end of the day, if they get sick, they're going to have an easier time recovering from that sickness. Sure. And I'm talking about any sickness. Right. Right. So that's because they, they've created, again, this buffer of health. Right. And you're talking about functional fitness specifically. But, you know, like uh, I talk about going backwards, too. So we can take a dynamic movement and we can do a compound movement from that dynamic movement. So a snatch is not necessarily a functional movement. Right. The snatch itself. The snatch right? itself.
0: Yes. The Olympic right. lift, the snatch could. Right.
1: Right. But have you ever had to lift something over your head dynamically? Sure. Right. So guess how we train that? With a snatch, right? So again, the snatch itself might not be a functional movement, but the preparation our body needs to lift something over our head dynamically. Right. If I'm a construction worker and I need to nail something over my head and I'm swinging a hammer, that's a dynamic overhead movement. I immediately
0: think about something like right away. Like, um, for example, putting something heavy on a top shelf, a normal person, right? A box, something that's odd that the normal strong man, a guy, would say, Oh, I could put that box up there. It's not heavy, it's awkward, right? right? What happens when that box slips in your hand a little bit right. and you need to then brace from the overhead position and not drop that box on your head? Oh, right. That's exactly what you're doing with a snatch or overhead
1: squat. Right, exactly. So again, the snatch specifically, like the whole entire movement isn't isn't a functional movement, but we can take bits and pieces of the snatch and we can be like, Holy shit. That yeah. is a functional movement. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just like people love to, to bring that up specifically, but really in the grand scheme of things, it is functional, right?
0: You're taking something from the ground to overhead with one movement. Right. There's There's no way that can't be functional somewhere in that process from ground to overhead yeah. that you're not going to pick up. A general movement that you do every day yeah we're not
1: we're not caveman we don't have to carry around logs anymore but right. you know we have different issues now we got to get boxes onto our chest and we got to you know like you said get a heavy box from our from you know wherever well, to, i just to up you know i, I feel
0: like because that that kind of idea you hear a lot i hear it a lot just in in general life you're like oh that's not heavy it's awkward right i hear that a lot when picking up uh like a speaker or a big box or something and it's like, well, yeah, it may be awkward, but if you have, you know, snatch, for example, your hands are a lot wider than you normally pick up anything else in your life. Normally we keep our arms pretty shoulder width. right? But even in a snatch, it's going to teach those hands to be out wider. It's going to teach you how to pull those, sh- pinch those shoulder blades back when you're pulling your hands right. wider. Have a
1: flat back so you're not sure. going to hurt your back yeah. picking something up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, So I mean-
0: yeah. Okay. That that That's basically what... I wanted to kind of uh, wrap it up with with you is just the gym here. You know, that's kind of why we're doing the podcast is kind of to talk about your philosophy as the guy running this show and doing the programming. I think people here, current members, new members, love the programming here. It's very very fresh, but it does have all those core lifting movements to uh, the point of let's finish this up with that final period to that sentence we'll
1: s- i thought of the thing that we were talking about before it started oh and we couldn't remember it what was
0: that like an hour ago
1: yeah it was knuckles cracking
0: oh yeah <laughs> all right
1: so real fast we'll finish on this all right <laughs> so we we're talking about knuckles cracking you could hear it in the mics and all kinds of other stuff right so so this swedish scientist i believe he was swedish actually did an experiment for like 60 years of his life he only cracked the knuckles on one hand because everybody said you would get arthritis in your hand. So you it crack. was
0: like a living uh, science experiment.
1: Yeah. And guess what is uh guess what his study show.
0: His left hand was hurt.
1: Nothing. No. He, there was no pain difference between his left and right hand. There was no, his left hand wasn't any more or less arthritic than his right hand.
0: Isn't it just air pockets or something? Yeah,
1: that's all it is. And people love to say like, oh, you're going to break your hand or oh, you're going to be arthritic or yeah. whatever else. And it turns out that there's nothing so maybe he's
0: just an anomaly we need a bigger oh my god we need a bigger sample size all right i'm done with you (laughs) all right all right so let's wrap it up uh yeah mike t at uh delaware strength conditioning thanks donnie no problem man. thanks for all the insight thanks for your the supplement education hopefully we'll do it again
1: yeah